Hello and welcome back to the Gather Rain the Lamp podcast by underagaslitlamp.com. I'm Regan, you can follow me on Twitter at FineFoy and today I'm joined once again by Mark. Hey guys, what's going on? Mark Jarebi here, you can find me on Twitter at VillaMarkPGH. Hope everybody's well, hope everybody's excited, not too excited. Uh, well, what, we got five days left, Regan? Uh, yeah, five days and uh, we'll be at Wembley. Jeez, that's, uh, that's coming around quick and... You know, the last time we recorded a podcast, we still had two legs to play against uh, West Bromwich Albion. Um, you know, we made we didn't make it necessarily easy for ourselves, but we we got there in the end, and now we find ourselves in our second successive playoff final. Yeah, I'm I'm immensely excited. Uh, we didn't play well in the in the second leg against West Brom, but uh, the boys pulled it out. I, I didn't ever want it to go to penalties. I, I know you were just as nervous as me. We've talked about it, and uh, yeah, I'm just I'm so excited for this final. It just feels so. It feels the same, but it feels so different at the same time. I'm, I'm just really excited for it. Yeah, I was really nervous. I'm surprised that I've still got hair left. To be honest. Um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm older than you, man. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking mine. I, I think it creeped back about a half an inch since, since the baggies penalty. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I, I if, if we thought that uh, the semi final was nerve wracking, I feel like next Monday is going to be just as bad, if not worse. Yeah, I don't see me getting any sleep. I actually work the day before until pretty late at night, so I, I, I think I'm just going to stay up and be with my thoughts and you know try to try to get myself together to uh, to watch the final well yeah I, f- I fly back into the country from from uh, monaco um and get back really late on on the sunday night maybe even monday morning so it's going to be a case of a couple of hours sleep and then uh getting ready for the big game yeah i'm, I'm excited for it uh, you know i got some uh got some mates i'm gonna hang out with some villa supporters over here in pittsburgh and uh it it'll be it'll be a good time, but yeah, it's it's five days on now, and I'm still I'm still just so so nervous already. I think I think we can speak for the Villa fan base that we're all a bit nervous, but at the same time we're we're quite confident that we're never going to have an opportunity as big as this to return to the Premier League. Yeah, I completely agree. It's it's not really a case of last year where we were all also confident. We really, really thought, you know, that we were going to get up and everything. And then the performance of the team was just not very good at all. It was almost as if Steve Bruce just completely was like, Hey, we're going to put 11 behind the ball. And I kind of, I think it might make confuse players a little bit. That's just my personal opinion. I'm not saying that's what actually happened, uh, but I, it, it feels different this year. It feels different with Dean Smith. It feels different with his style of football, the players we have at our disposal. He's got the team playing to their strengths, not the strengths that he believes, you know, what's going on with the players. So I, I really think that but if you compare the two finals going into it and every how the season played out, you know, we, we just got into the playoffs this year. Last year it was kind of already, you know, said and done. It was just a matter of where we were going to finish um, in the playoff position. So this time it feels like we really actually have much, much better of a chance now that we've dispatched baggies in the semis to actually go to the final and actually, you know, actually win it. We, we actually, I really, really feel this team has, has the best chance that they've had, you know, comparing this year and last year to actually winning the game. Yeah, I mean, we know now, obviously, with five days to go, that we're going to be facing off against Derby County, who over two late uh, two games this season, we've we've got a seven nil uh, aggregate, if you will, uh, against them. So you know, Dean Dean Smith knows how how Derby like to play, and he he knows how to counter that. But at the same time, um, you know, they pulled off a massive shock by coming. Coming from a, a two-goal deficit at one point 
to uh, to actually beat the favorites for that game, Leeds. Yeah, they've had an amazing performance going into Ellen Road, and that's not an easy place to play. Like, we know that. Everybody knows that about Leeds. They're very, very good at home, and that, that's a raucous atmosphere. You know, for, for as much, you know, negative things it says about Leeds as a club, you cannot doubt their passion in the stands. You just can't. It, it, it's very loud. They're very boisterous. They back the team no matter what. And, and for Derby to go in there and, and do what they did. Now, granted, I think it was three of their goals they scored in the second leg, you know, the Derby scored. It was, it was all mistakes on Leeds' part. And it kind of un, untimely and unnoticeable mistakes that didn't really seem like mistakes that Leeds would make. And it just it's a shame that it happened. You know, it's a shame for them that it happened this uh, this time of year. But, yeah, you got to give it to Derby County and Frank Lampard for what they did, able to diagnose what they needed to do to, to beat Leeds, to put them under pressure, to, to cause them into those mistakes. Yeah, and you know, capitalising on mistakes is all well and good. But when when you when you're playing against Aston Villa, who are who are prone to another mistake or two, you know, you, you're going to be ready to pounce uh, at Wembley if if one of the defenders or or even Jed Steer makes a makes a a cock up of things. Yeah, I'm hoping the the Glenn Whelan mistake that we saw um in the in the semi final. I'm hoping that was Villa's one big mistake for the playoffs and that's just something that, you know, we get over and it, it's not a knock on Whelan. I, I really, really like, you know, Glenn is as a person and as a player. He seems to be a really, really nice guy as well. But I the the mistake was unfortunate that that he had, but I'm hoping that that, that was Villa getting it out of the system. You know, you get it out you know, okay, the mistake happened. Let's, you know, pick ourselves up, let's dust it off and let let's go. And I, I I'm hoping that, that was that was the one mistake. So I, I don't really see Villa making too many mistakes you know I mean the usual ones you know misplaced passes and such but I don't think you see anything like with Glenn Whelan where a a ball gets played back and you know it rolls over his foot and it's you know an open goal you know basically yeah I really hope not but you know as an Aston Villa fan we've always got a mistake in us I'm trying to break myself with that if you can't tell by the by the positivity (laughs) (laughs) but no um I think I think you know we 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 can expect a, a solid performance regardless of the result. I think you know, I, we're not going to see similar um, events to last year. I don't think it'll be a walkover um, like, like Fulham's, Fulham's result was. Um, and I think you know having the fact that we've got the likes of Jack and Connor, uh, who are likely to probably start the game, especially Jack, um, in the squad, who experienced the heartbreak of last season, you know, they're really going to want to make amends for that. I, I completely agree. Uh, it's it's another sports psychology thing. I talk about it, you know, a little bit here and there. It's one of, one of my favorite hobbies, as boring as that might seem to other people. But, like, the experience of loss, even outside of sports, even in life, it, it is character building. It builds character, and it, it prepares you if you ever come, you know, anywhere near a situation like that ever again. And losing in the playoff final last year, just, just look at how much has changed. You know, we got new ownership, uh, new coaches, new backroom staff, new players, even though some of them are on loan. I think that's something that spurs the team on. I think that's something where they're going to be hungry. You know, when John Terry joined the coaching staff, he said he felt like he had unfinished business. Well, now's the time to prove that you want to finish that business. Um, That's very blunt to the point, but that's the way it has to be. If this team really wants to go out there and grab, which quite possibly, you never know when you're going to get back to a final. We see how difficult it was to get to a championship final to, to get promotion. You don't know when this is going to happen again. Now you have Jack Grealish, who's a Villa fan. Also, we know that through and through, and he's the captain of the team. It seems like it, everything's falling into place. There's puzzle pieces along the way to make a great story out of things. And if Villa really want to drive the nail through, it's got to be this year. It just, it just has to be for me. Yeah, something I want to pick up on is uh, the, the media reporting around both of the clubs. 
at the moment. Um, there's been a fair few stories that have come out around, you know, potential transfers. Um, uh, there was something about El Ghazi earlier in the week. Uh, you know, it's almost like the media are trying to unsettle the players before a big, uh, a big game. But the main one that's coming and floating around social media is that uh, Frank Lampard is set to take over at Chelsea for the for the next season. You know, the, there's no no one has any idea how true or not that is. But you know, that if that gets into the heads of the Derby players, that could be disastrous for them. Yeah, it could be. I mean, we know we know Lampard's you know Chelsea through and through, and and we know that if that job became available, he's going to want to take it. Um, I don't know if they're going to give Sarri, uh, you know, a little bit more time and see what happens with this whole transfer ban and, you know, the, the new uh, loan regulations that come into play this year. I don't exactly know if they're going to sack him off the bat and bring in Frank Lampard. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm sure that opportunity is always there. But as far as the media trying to get in the heads of players or try to, you know, uh, I guess you can say spin a narrative any which way they want, you know, that, that can definitely creep into your players' heads when you don't know if your manager is going to be there, especially for some of the players that are there permanently. And, you know, Harry Wilson, you know, he's he's playing for Derby right now. He's pretty much regarded as their danger man. 16 goals and four assists this year for Derby County. Um, but he's actually even getting, you know, attention right now as to where his future lies after this season. So, you know, if his head's being turned, you know, we're talking five days away from a, a, play, a championship playoff final. You know, maybe he doesn't perform as well because his mind's somewhere else and he's wondering, you know, am I, you know, am I going to come back to Derby, you know, next year? Or, you know, is Liverpool going to give me my chance? Or, you know, what's going to happen? So there, there's a lot of mind games that the media can play. And it's, it's not unfamiliar for Villa either. They're playing mind games with Villa right now, too. Yeah, um, you know, obviously, as, as we've said, the main highlight is Frank Lampard, but it's happening to both teams, and we, we just have to hope that the staff and the, the players at the club are, you know, smart enough to just ignore what's happening in the media and get on with their jobs. Right, because what did I see this morning? John Terry to Middlesbrough. That's something that just broke. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't see Terry just just wanting to, to take over Burrow at the end of the season, no matter what the result is. I think he's going to want to apply his trade. He said himself he's still learning. He still has a lot of, you know, work to do as far as, you know, becoming a, a decent coach and the fact of, like, you know, just getting settled. I don't think one year at Aston Villa is – I mean, I don't know. Football owners are a very peculiar bunch, but I don't see the ownership of Middlesbrough just going and paying John Terry whatever he wants just to get a big name through the door to get the fans excited. I, I just – I don't see that being a thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, you mentioned Harry Wilson being Derby's danger man, but he, he's not the only one. They've got the likes of Jack Marriott, Martin Waghorn and Mason Mount, who have all scored nine goals each. And um, Mount, who's, who's another loanee from Chelsea, uh, who was obviously called up to the England squad for a friendly early in the season, has uh, run, run the show in the midfield for them really over the season with uh, a near enough 80% passing accuracy throughout the, throughout the entire playing season. Yeah, he's a very talented player. Uh, I, I've watched a couple of Derby County games whenever I'm off work, whenever I can you know, get a chance to. And he, he is actually a really, really solid player. I, I've seen a lot of shouts on uh, Twitter throughout the season that he might be the best mid midfielder in the championship. I think he's up there. I, I wouldn't say he's the best. Uh, the thing about Mason Mount that a lot of people don't talk about, he has the ability to strike balls from a long distance away. He just has a cannon on him, and he can shoot that thing from us anywhere on the pitch. Uh, it might be something for Villa to look at. It seems like we don't press too, too high in the midfield area whenever, you know, other midfielders are trying to make runs or trying to, you know, figure out how they're going to make inroads to the final third. I think on this occasion they have to make sure that Mason Mount is watched as much as possible. It's, it's 
it's not even really about, you know, the passing is great. He, he is able to spray a ball all over the place, but his long distance shooting too, he can, he can curl one in, he can hit it with power. He can hit it low. He's that he's, he's done it throughout the season a couple of times. So that's definitely something that, I'm, that the coaching staff of Villa I'm sure is aware of, but it, that you have to make sure you're, if you take him out of the game, you, you stop a lot of Derby County's production in their own final third and the middle of the park. You, you just, we got, we got to find a way to, to almost constrict his ability. I mean, I really can't see either side concentrating too much on their opposition's players. You know, if they put too much on Grealish, it leaves other players free on our side, and it's the same for us with Mount. You know, we, we need to just literally play our game. Obviously, there's going to be some kind of tactical new around it where, you know, that we're going to be looking at certain players and trying to play them out of the game, but I don't think either side will go out and literally try and, like, man-mark Grealish or Mount like the likes of uh, Blues or... Or the baggies have done against us. Yeah, I don't see. I don't think you see a lot of man marking either way. Both teams are actually kind of zonal marking midfields, if that makes it, uh, you know any sense at all. Uh, you know, they kind of just you know keep their heads up and look around, and whoever's closest kind of marks them. It's not really a man marking thing. Dean Smith is actually. Uh, I think it was an article I read when he was at Walsall that he had to break that team of actual strict man marking, and he had a difficult time of it when he first started. But eventually, when the players got around to the idea, they started performing a lot better. Uh, we kind of see that at Villa. It, it really depends on the situation. That, that's such a, you know, a quick fire thing to think about. Uh, you know, you have to make your decisions fast in this game. But I, I agree. Like, I, I think both teams are going to go out and try to play their own game. I just, I don't think that that's good for Darby County. Uh, that's just my opinion. Just comp- trying to be as unbiased as I can between the two teams. I just think if, if Villa start to play their game, you know, fast, you know, throwing crosses in from from the flanks, you know, being able to counterattack at will. I think Darby's almost going to have to be forced into how we were forced into last year against Fulham, where they're sitting back on the ball a little bit and maybe waiting for an opportunity instead of creating an opportunity. And Aston Villa doesn't play that way anymore under Dean Smith. They create opportunities. They don't wait for them to happen. Yeah, I think I think the key thing that we'll, we'll see whether, well, whether we win or not is uh, how well we deal with the pressure. If you look at how we were attacking Fulham last season, um, when we were a goal down, you know there was a, I think there was a, a key part of the game where Grealish probably dribbles for about six Fulham players before firing a shot at like a defender in front of him, um, and you know like every Villa fan was waiting with bated breath to see whether he you know equalised, and he, obviously he was trying so hard, and I can see if Villa have the upper hand that Derby will be very kind of, well of course they are it's the final game they're going to be pushing to try and equalise. Or even grab, you know, multiple goals and potentially win the game. It'll be key to see how Villa can cope with that amount of pressure in the game. Because at points, you, you you know, you see it in the last five minutes of the game when a team's trailing, they'll throw everything forward, and the the team that's winning will just sit back and try and defend their lead. If if you're dealing with that for a full twenty minutes, you know, everyone says it, that you can just see a goal's going to come. Right, and you can feel it as a supporter. Even the most casual fan can tell if, if there's a team pinning their own end for you know, even twelve to seventeen minutes to put put an odd time signature on it. But that, that's really about how much time it takes to finally break through via you know the crazy amount of statistics and tactics in my head. Um, but yeah, once you start pinning the team into their final third, any anybody's going to say that they can feel a goal coming or they can see a goal coming. But with Villa, it, especially over the the winning streak, um, there's been times where that's happened to Villa. You know, there was times in the, in the semifinal against West Brom this year where that, that happened to Villa, where they're pinned in their own end for a little while. And, 
you know, maybe that's that's something that, you know, is the bend not break mentality of the Aston Villa coaching staff. I don't personally like it. I, you know, if you have to hoof the ball all the way, you know, out, you know, do it if you can get a handle on it. But, you know, that doesn't always work. Um, I, I just I just feel that that's the if Villa get pinned in their own end, I think they have the not only the ability and the jumping reach to get up with some of our bigger lads in the back. I really think it comes down to just keeping your wits about you. Just keep your head. If you don't lose your head, you know, you don't have, you know, goals just fluttering in when you're under pressure, under pressure. You, you have to find a way to weather that storm. Yeah. And I mean, some people have been saying it and I, I don't know whether to agree, but Derby might have already played their playoff final in the game against Leeds. They had to muster up so much energy, and obviously there's time between the games for them to recover, but they have had to muster, muster up so much energy to kind of grab that win. Um, and they had that gate-gate scandal that they were kind of playing to erase, you know. Do you think that might have an effect on Derby in the way that they play, or do you think you know that's going to be clear from their minds and it's going to be, we have the chance to get to the Premier League? In my personal opinion, I think that they already played their final against Leeds. Um, it, like you said, it's not a popular opinion. It's not wild, widely out there, but there are you know a decent amount of people talking about it. For me personally, if you mix the emotion of what happened with Gategate, and now you know you see you know the Derby players after they beat Leeds with their hands above their eyes like the binoculars and everything, and you know they're having fun with it and they're singing the song, the "Quit Crying" Frank Lampard song, you know, in this in the room and everything, and they're looking like they're having a great time and everything, and they should. They just got to Wembley. But I really feel like all that emotional stress was lifted off their shoulders. So for me to think about it in terms of, okay, they just went through this crazy win that they were not supposed to have. They were not supposed to, you know, get to the the next round of, of the playoffs and into the final. So now they've done that. They've accomplished that. And everything between, like I said, the Gategate scandal, you know, the, the, the singing of the chants at Frank Lampard, all these things mixed together and they actually won. They saw the job through. So how much, how much more do they really have to give? You know, if, if it was such a, a big occasion for them, you know, they, they only went to Ellen Road one nil down. So like they knew they still had a chance and they mustered it seemed like they mustered up everything they possibly could to play as a cohesive unit to beat that one team that's, you know, been a thorn in their side on the pitch and off the pitch for the entire season. So it, it begs the question of do they really have the mental toughness to be able to see out Villa? Now beating Leeds is one thing. Beating Villa is a whole nother, a whole different monster. It really is. It's like an entirely different monster. So I mean, I don't know. For me, I I think that it was their it was their playoff final. You know, if they prove me wrong, so be it. But I, I just think there's so much surrounding the story of you know spies and Bielsa and back and forth Lampard and him and all this kind of stuff that the players really wanted to do it for Frank but you know you should want to win the final for Frank you shouldn't want to just beat Leeds in the semifinal so it's it's a weird you know psychology kind of thing and there's a lot that goes into it but for me I I don't think that they're not to say they're looking past Villa they're not going to be up for a final but it's it begs the question, are they going to be ready? Are they going to be mentally tough enough? They have, you know, just like we do, they have a lot of players on loan. Are they going to put their body and their hearts and their minds on the line for, you know, um, for the team like we've seen our loanies do it? I'm not so sure. Another question that I've got to ask you is, do you think that Frank Lampard's naivety as a manager, you know, it's his first season as a coach, uh, do you think that might play into the, the actual game or do you think it won't really have a, much of an effect? It could go either way. I mean, it, there, there's crazy happenings in sport all the time where you get a coach that gets thrown into a mix that has zero experience whatsoever and ends up completely surpassing expectation. Uh, 
Lampard, I think it might be a little bit of a case of that where he, you know, I'm sure he's trying to get better every single day and he's trying to do the things he can to be a better coach. He had a wonderful, wonderful career. I would never discount Frank Lampard as a player. Uh, the verdict's still out on him being a coach because he doesn't have a lot of experience. But, you know, that, that's the whole thing. If you have, you know, a team that really, really believes in this guy and really, really thinks that he's the way forward and he can get them back to the promised land of the Premier League, then, yeah, I, I think that, that Lamps might actually, you know, might actually have the ability to get them up, but I mean, he, you got to get through Villa, and it, it's me being as unbiased as possible. But good, good luck. So, obviously, Villa have got a lot of selection choices to make. I think largely the team will be unchanged, bar one or two positions. Who do you think is going to be that the in the starting eleven? Come Monday. I think it stays exactly the same. I, I don't think you change anything at all. And there's big shouts of, you know, the, the right flank if we're going to get Green, if we're going to get Kaja, if we're going to get Adoma. And then there's a, a whole other discussion of Horahan or Whelan. For me, I keep them exactly the same. Green plays, you know, plays his side. Horahan plays in the middle. It's not a knock on Adoma, Kaja, or Whelan. I just think that you don't change something that's working. And a lot of people want to say, oh, well, you know, Andre Green, you know, that seems to be our weak, our weak spot of the field. Sure, it might be. So what? I, I I don't I don't I'm not buying that for a second. I actually think that's a cop out opinion for me, only for the fact that the kid's young. He's pro, he's promising and he's the way forward. If it, when on, Andre Green curls a goal in the top corner in the seventh seventh minute to put Villa back to the Premier League, I'll I'll be sure to you know capture this and send it to everybody because he has the ability to do it. And yeah, he doesn't have great games sometimes. You know, he does look woeful out there. Sometimes does run around like a chicken with his head cut off. I'll, I'll give you that, but he's not going to get any better sitting on the bench on big big game days. He's not going to. That's that's not how progression works. That's not how experience works. You need you need him on the field. Well, I mean, he he's not not the finished article by any means, but he's the he's got the most successful dribbles in the Aston Villa team. Um, so really you can't discount that no you can't discount it at all and like the thing with Adoma Adoma doesn't look anywhere near the player he did seven months ago not not to mention now you know I I said it even on the last podcast I like the idea of putting Green there having him run around tire that side of the field out and then putting Adoma on for his experience and his crossing ability he doesn't have the best crossing ability that's not what I'm trying to get at but he do, he's able to put crosses in from really really like you wouldn't think that they were they were coming out of anything, and he has the ability to put his back into a defender and then either find a midfielder and then cut up the field to you know get a return ball on the flank wide open. I love that. I think that that's like Albert Strong suit now is an a- aging winger. Um, but yeah, for me, Andre Green's got to start that game. Yeah, I I would agree with you there. Um, part of me saying Codger, uh, but. I, I do think it'll be Green that starts, and I think Corham will start in the middle just because he's had such a great time against Derby this season. It'd be nice for him to make it a hat trick of uh, great performances. Yeah, and it's not a knock on Whelan. Like I, I think you know if if Horhain, you know for whatever reason was was out for an injury going into this game, I'd be okay with Glenn Whelan back there as well. I just think when you have to. You always have to respect your opposition, and, and you know I'm sure that they're going to be well scouted by Aston Villa, and that that midfield that Darby County has. I just think that Horahan, he offers more against the younger legs of Darby County. Not to mention, like we need that that X factor of dead ball situations because you just never know. I would just rather have Horahan on the field than Whelan. It's not a knock on Glenn. I th- I think he's done a superb job. He's really turned it around this season. 
you know, under Steve Bruce or under uh, Dean Smith, rather under Steve Bruce, he did not look very, very good at all. Um, sometimes he would literally just stand on the halfway line. Like that's, you, you have to be, you have to be included. And I don't, I, you know, I'm sure that was by instruction, but yeah, I it just, Horahan's got to start. Green's got to start. I love Codge on the bench. Love them on the bench. Love Glenn on the bench. I, th- I think it'll work out. Yeah, it's hard not to agree with you on that one. Um, we've we've just talked a lot about player selection, but who who do you think is going to be the hero in this game for Villa? Oh man, I've got I've got two that's been on my mind for the past couple of weeks now, and, and like thinking about you know if we actually got to the final, and I think it could be uh, Anwar Al Ghazi. I, I think that he has something in his locker. We we've seen him take a couple of shots, you know, against West Brom over the two legs. They gotten blocked, but I, man, if he if he was if he got a little bit of daylight on those shots, I really think they they would go in. I, he has the ability to do that. He, he can de- he can definitely fire it, you know, from from distance. I think that like I don't know if that's me wishing that he would contribute a little bit more in that area as far as scoring goals, or if it's something that he's actually going to do. Um, yeah, I think I think El Ghazi might be he, he might be the one. I don't know. I I think anyone can really pop up with a goal. You know, that's that's kind of in Villa. I mean, yeah, you can say Tammy Abraham scored these, this boatload of goals, but like we kind of get it by committee when Tam's not scoring, and I, that's what I love about this current crop of players. Yeah, I mean, really, I think my my hero is going to probably be Jed Steer. I feel like he's going to make some big, big saves. And I think he's going to be reveling in the fact that he was the hero in the semi-final against West Brom. Um, I, I don't expect a mistake from him, and I don't expect him to have a poor game by any means. I don't either. I think, I think Jed's settled. Uh, you can kind of tell, even after the West Brom game, he did. there were short little interviews that came out on social media, on different channels and whatnot. And you'd actually like see him like there's something that he just, he has like a different look and it's not like, um, it's not like the look of someone who's overconfident. It just seems the look of someone who knows what their job is. I don't, if that makes sense. I don't know. There's just, just something about him. It wasn't even like a swagger or like an overconfidence or a bravado or anything like that. He just looked really comfortable with answering questions about, you know, his saves. Like, Oh, did you think you were going to, did you know which way you were going? Did you guys do research? And you know, all the stereotypical questions you get as, as a goalkeeper in this game, but he just seemed really calm and really collected even after such a big moment. And I think, you know, he's been with Villa a while and this is actually his pretty much first shot. You know, getting some some first time minutes. It just so happens that it's in you know during a, a historic run, you know, as as far as the winning streak went that got us here, and now you know the t- the two saves against West Brom. That it's amazing. It's almost folklore, like you know, to think that you know this this guy that was pretty much frozen out, and then Villa goes out and buys two new keepers, and there's so, there's so much going on with that. But I can see Steer being being the hero, absolutely one hundred percent, and I, he has the ability. I I don't know. I mean, that's that's a question for the summer. But what are we going to do with all these keepers? You know, it's it's kind of crazy. It's crazy to think about, really. Like no one saw Jed Steer coming out and you know playing the way he has over the past three months, and you know now now we've got an international on the team and Kalinich and everything. I don't know. It's it's crazy. I just I don't, I don't know what to make of it. But I, I'm a big fan of Jed Steer. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, it was way way early on. It might have even been before the season started, and I said Jed Steer might be the man for Aston Villa moving forward. Um, I I felt it then I still feel it now and you know he, he finally got a shot and you know it's just it's so nice that he's he's back and he, he's playing well and you know long may it continue because I, I really do think he's he can turn in to be a really really solid keeper for Aston Villa well he's he's the second longest serving player at the club I'm, I'm not quite sure who the first might be it'll probably be Jack because he was there since since he was a child um 
But yeah, he's the second longest serving player at the club and he's just one of many stories that, that really can be be finished this season. You know, it's almost like Game of Thrones, you know, the final season concluding. There's so many stories that can conclude and then the next chapter can start at, in this playoff final. You know, we've got we've got Jack. Jack's got his own story. We've got Jed. Jed's got his own story. We've got Mings potentially having the ability to write himself into history and becoming an Aston Villa legend by joining us in the summer. There's so many individual stories within this collective that makes it so impossible that we, we can't win, if you know what I mean? like Yeah, it's, it's the sum of all the parts mentality. It's You have all these little subsections of stories that are all coming together to build up one, one really amazing adventure. And that's really what it's coming down to. There, there's just so much going on with Aston Villa in, in the past. It's, it's even less than a year. It's crazy. Think it's whirlwind almost. It's 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 night and day. Uh, it's it's. I, I believe me. I'm I'm elated. I've, I've been a Villa fan, you know, for a long time. I'm I'm elated that this this is happening right now. I'm not looking past Derby County at all. I'm not saying we even get you know promoted this season. It would be great. I think now's the time if there is a time. But there, there's a lot going on as far as far Jed Steering goal. Tyron Minks can make a name for himself here. Um, Alan Hutton may not come back. You know, in, in steps. You know, El Mahamedy, He's he's been doing the business. You know, James Bree still going to come back. Uh, you know, Tammy Abraham. What what happens with him? You know, in the event that we go up or stay down, there's just so many things that, that connect together like puzzle pieces to make this such a beautiful thing. And it really is. I don't think a lot of people are, are really like you know giving giving it the thought of hey, this doesn't happen all the time. That like this. I'm not saying it's rare for this to happen, but it is uncommon. And I I just think that like if you just step back for a minute, take a deep breath, and think about the, the sum of all the parts that got us here. If you're a real Villa fan, it, it's got to make you smile, and even in some cases, it might even make you cry for just how awesome it is. And if it doesn't make you smile or cry, it'll certainly make you nervous. <laughs> right, right. Um, and I think that's probably the best place to end this this podcast. It's a bit of a shorter one this week, as just everything's so hectic in the run up to the playoffs. Um, but if you've enjoyed it, give us a a, a like or a, a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Villa Lamp. You can follow us on Facebook, for slash under a gaslit lamp. Instagram with the same handle as our Facebook. And you can le- read a load of opinion articles, interviews, news articles and much more on www.underagaslitlamp.com. Thank you for listening and we'll see you again next time and hopefully we'll be in the Premier League.